0: Millennials and Gen Z talk a lot about experiences over material goods, but luxury brands think they have found the secret to get that next generation to start caring a little bit more about buying, well, stuff. We're going to reveal their strategy and find out if our resident shopping expert thinks it will click with young consumers. Yes, Trey Bodge is here on this epic edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City.
1: And I'm Trey Bodge, smart shopping expert, coming to you from my home office in Montclair, New Jersey.
0: This is the Money News show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Trey Bodge. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And this episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by AcreTrader. Farmland can be a great way to diversify your portfolio, especially when the stock market is at sky high levels and you may be considering looking for some alternative investments. AcreTrader has a great explainer video. For more, go to acretrader.com forward slash MWF to learn more trey bodge this is uh, a big show i said it's an epic show it's your final taping with us your final recording with us as a regular thought leader on season two of money with friends
1: Bye. (laughs) it's been so much fun thank you for having me
0: and you have a lot on your plate these days
1: I do. Um, I the, the beginning of the year for me is usually a little bit slower after after the crazy hectic time of um, the holiday shopping season. But now I'm talking about New Year's resolutions, how to keep them, and then going into all those regular shopping holidays, looking at what the great deals are for January, February, March, etc. Um, helping people save money on their regular shopping, and you know, partnering with um, Slick Deals, which you know it's my favorite coupon site, and helping uh, spread the word about their new browser extension, which makes your browser uh, find coupons for you as you shop. You don't have to do anything except for click on it to activate it. And so I'm really excited about this newest uh, technology from Slick Deals. So that's my, um, my fun project that I'm excited about right now.
0: I love things that make saving money not just easy, but invisible. It just works.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to remember it. And so if it does it for me, I am all in.
0: Seamless shopping. All right. We're going to talk more about shopping apropos in this episode. Let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into our headline. Friends? Check. Money? Check. Friends with money? Let's do this. All right, Trey, start us off. We've got the New York Post here today.
1: I don't know what the headline is.
0: The headline is luxury labels and streetwear brands team up to lure shoppers. And let me tell you, I think I cut that off for you. I'm sorry. See, this is live. It is written by (laughs) Lois Weiss um, at the New York Post.
1: Do you want me to read the headline again, just in case you want to cut that in?
0: Nope. We're going live. We do this unedited. Yep. Go for it. Start with, um, I think the beginning starts street meets chic. Yep.
1: Um, So street meets chic. Chic, as traditional luxury brands, partner with streetwear designers, creating cross-promotions and co-locations to cater to young customers. Um, And Gabriel Paisner of Odyssey Retail Advisor says it's the same customer that shops luxury. The younger customer likes the exclusivity. They will walk into Japanese streetwear brand Bape and buy something and then walk into Gucci and do the same. I'm going to skip a little bit. And it's a clunky $995 triple S sneakers have become ubiquitous among the fashion set. People also want to look stylish but be comfortable and not always wear a three-piece suit, says Peisner. If you want to appeal to some of these brands, you have to speak the language of the younger demographic. And it's become a drive towards the more casual side of how people dress. In another successful partnership, Off-White, whose Soho flagship is located at 51 Mercer Street in New York City, partnered with Nike to release Nike Air Prestos. These co-branded sneakers sold out within hours for around $200 a pair and are now reselling for four times that amount. Such marketing moves drive publicity and elevate the product among celebrities and club kids, says Paisner. And Off-White founder Virgil Abloh, also creative director of Louis Vuitton menswear, has his finger on the pulse of what the downtown kids want. Right. Abloh, Trey, I'm gonna with- Trey, I'm going to stop you there.
0: Trey, I'm going to stop you there because we've lost you on our Facebook live feed. So I'm going to ask you to go out of the, the system and come back in.
1: Yeah. That's yes. So, so crazy. let's do that.
0: And while we're doing that, I do want to mention that um, the brand that you were talking about at the top, I actually cut it off. The clunky $995 um, sneakers were actually by Balenciaga. So um, that is the brand that we were talking about that has those very expensive sneakers. So as soon as Trey comes back in, we will continue. Actually, until she comes back in, um, I am going to pick up a little bit of the article and it says, such marketing moves drive publicly and elevate the product among celebrities and club kids, says Paisner and Off-White founder, Virgil Abio, also creative director of Louis Vuitton menswear, has his finger on the pulse of what the downtown kids want. Abloh, who became friends with Kanye West during their internship at Fendi, has collaborated with brands from Jimmy Choo and Burton to Keith and Sunglasses Hut. Off-White has more than 9.4 million followers, on Instagram. And we have Trey back with us. Yay, that was a first. I know this has never happened. So this is, um, you know, going out with a bang here. Um, Why don't you (laughs) pick up? So I just finished the part that we had planned that you're going to read. So now why don't you pick up and read the first paragraph that I was going to read, which starts with Luxury
1: Fashion House Moncler. Luxury Fashion House Moncler's website explains the sidling up to streetwear as it notes End quote. The global personal luxury goods market is expected to head towards younger generations. End quote. A remarkable, a remarkable 85% of growth will be fueled by the next generations with quality and uniqueness as the most important factors in driving millennial customers to buy luxury products.
0: All right, now I'll pick up. Montclair, known for its pricey, and I hope I'm even saying that right, known for its pricey, puffy outerwear, now has collections that showcase streetwear staples like tracksuits and backpacks. Its genius collection, for example, includes, oh my God, Trey, $365 T-shirts. Oh. I mean, I wonder, like, do they even go on sale? Can we run that through slick deals? I don't know. All right, as baby boomers <laughs> buy less luxury, these younger customers are the ones brands want to hook but you have to be in front of them where they roam. Millennials alone are estimated to buy more than 50% of their luxury items, drum roll please, while traveling and in airports. It's one reason Mont Blanc has a store at JFK where various terminals host Coach, Burberry, and Michael Kors shops. The luxury streetwear boom is fueled by social media and influencers, adds Paisner. Okay, so that was a lot. Let's take a step back. What stands out to you, Trey?
1: I, this whole luxury issue is a big problem for me. Um, as we kind of chuckled about the $300 plus t shirt, no, 365.
0: So with tax, it's 400.
1: Yeah. So oh my God. I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think anyone should be buying a $400 T-shirt. I just don't um, feel that luxury is worth it for a T-shirt, especially a basic under un- i right. is a t-shirt like really that? ever
0: luxury i mean you can make a case with a handbag it's made out of fine materials right. the craftsmanship but at the end of the day you're going to throw the t-shirt into the laundry i think maybe maybe you don't if it's 400 dry clean
1: and have it pressed <gasps> oh i don't gosh. know but i i am i am sort of i'm not a fan of uh designer brands to begin with and i i, I find this troubling um like you said i think Handbags, shoes, maybe even the perfect pair of jeans or a, a beautiful coat that you will wear for many years. It is absolutely worth the investment. I like the idea that streetwear is being blended with luxury here to appeal to that younger consumer. But I I have to put it out there that I think younger consumers, no matter how much money you have, that you should be buying these items as investment pieces that you will wear for many, many years, not just as a one-off a t-shirt, a belt, a pair of socks.
0: Right, and it's interesting you mentioned the word investment because one of the the items that we mentioned, they were selling them for $200 and then afterwards they went up in value and they were worth more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. But is it really, you know, when we talk about investment, how do you define investment? And that has changed through the generations, this idea of sneakers, for example, as an investment versus we might think of that as like a Birkin bag. Like if you, I can't even imagine, but like, let's just say you buy a handbag for $10,000 that in theory might retain its value, maybe go up in value. Now it's yeah. something like sneakers. And we asked our Instagram audience, which by the way, the handle there is at Money Friends Pod, have you ever bought clothing or shoes slash sneakers, hoping they would go up in value and you can make a profit selling them? What do you think our audience said, Trey? Oh, the choices were, um, it's called investing. And the other answer was, are you crazy? (laughs)
1: Um, I think because this is becoming more common, and I'll give you a little bit of um, uh, info on this in a second. um, I I think that probably 60% of people bought things as an investment. It's, uh, wait, uh, no. uh,
0: Thinking you would make a profit selling them, you think how many? 60%.
1: Sixty percent.
0: Oh no, We had only five percent. What? Oh, yeah. Gosh. Now that's our audience, and I have a picture of a sneaker up there. So that might have influenced the the responses that they were thinking they're you know, are you buying an actual sneaker? not you know a, a luxury handbag or coat or that kind of thing. But yeah, no. the vast majority really was not. and we did get quite a few responses. I mean, and and the only people that said investing, I will tell you were Sophia and Tyler. We had two. And the rest, you know, just everyone Hmm. said, Are you crazy? Jennifer, Mariah, Andy, Sydney, um, Vital, um, Ryan, Kevin, debt free fitness, debt free and fitness, uh, Michelle, Tammy, Sam, Charlie. Yeah, lots. And it just goes on and on and on. Um, They just said, Are you crazy? Tell me the data that you have.
1: Yeah. So I did some work with eBay over the holiday shopping season, especially uh, just post Christmas. And um, I was reporting a lot on returns. I did a bunch of stuff with NBC Nightly News and WJLA and DC and a bunch of stations, Cheddar. So we talked about reselling and eBay had some data that was showing that items that are really hot, sneakers in particular, Nike's in particular, Um, are a great investment or we were talking about it in terms of a uh, return in case you maybe were lucky enough to receive two pairs of $200 plus sneakers. Um, but people were doing very well reselling those items on eBay because they are in high demand. So these are things that may be only out for one season. So they are very rare and special. And so if you do purchase them, you could fairly quickly turn them around for a profit on a site like eBay, which I think is very interesting. And I will say that, uh, my daughter's good friend who is 13 years old PS is doing this already. So he is buying these designer sneakers and reselling them for a profit at 13 years old. So, um, for, for folks that feel like that's maybe not a great investment. If you know how to pick the right thing, and I think these brands that we're talking about in this particular article are a great example of this, that you could buy them and potentially turn them around for a profit on a site like eBay.
0: That is fascinating. And I hope that all of our friends that answer that question are listening and maybe take that to heart. Maybe that's the new side hustle is to be focusing on the items that you can buy and resell on places like eBay at higher prices. The other aspect of the story that I thought was really interesting is where they believe young consumers want to buy items in person, not online. So we did ask Mm -hmm. our Instagram audience as well, do you shop at clothing and shoe stores in the airport more than in the past? And in other words, is this something that's gaining momentum? And I will just tell you, it was a landslide. What do you think our audience said? It was um, not really or um, so convenient. Yes.
1: I'd say 80%, not really.
0: Okay. I don't know if this has ever happened in all of our Money with Friends surveys. It was 100%, not really. Wow. I know. They just aren't into it. So I don't know. But we did ask them, Trey, to tell us more about their thoughts about shopping when traveling and shopping at airports. And you have some of the answers there.
1: I do. And I think that this um, informs why it was such a landslide and what I'm seeing in general is that people don't want to carry extra stuff. And so Jackie K4 said, I travel only with an underseat bag. No shopping. Can't carry on any more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemmy Cake says, everything looks so expensive. I rush to my terminal and read my book to avoid eye contact. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, Vincent Cipollone said, airports are legal price gouging. The only thing I would consider getting is aspirin or other medicine. And, um, uh, T Ballinger 13, sorry if I mispronounced that don't like having extra things to add to a carry on though. Um, and they do, but they do uh, shop at restaurants or breweries <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, Trinidad Ashland said, I do 99% of my shopping online, unless there's a target in the airport, count me out. Um, and then, uh, Sarah said captive audience. So I think she was the one who, might, might like airports, although, or maybe she was just commenting on, on the fact that you are a captive audience and that's why the stores are opening there. So.
0: Right. And maybe people want to browse while they're at the airport because that's where they are. And then they might complete the transaction online later on because you make a really good point there, Trey. People don't want to just add to their luggage. I would think, and I don't know if they do this, but I would think that a lot of these stores should put up signs saying, we will send this to you. In other words, you could shop at the airport, IRL, and then not have to carry it because that is a big barrier. And I have specifically not purchased things at the airport because I don't want to add to my luggage either. I think it's a really good point, but it is a captive audience. Sarah makes a a good point as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree.
0: Yeah. Um, so overall, what's your think is is luxury gonna is this gonna work? These kind of collaborations. I mean, they are creating value, as you said. Your your daughter's friend is is frankly making a side hustle out of this, or maybe a full job. Given that they're thirteen, they're probably not doing other businesses. <laughs> um, side hustle to school, hopefully. Um, is this is this gonna work, Trey?
1: I think it will. Um, just because luxury brands have been around for decades, obviously. And so there is an appetite for high end, special, beautifully made things. And so it's not surprising to me that luxury brands are trying to capture a new customer, a younger customer. And so I don't think that that luxury customer is going anywhere. Uh, So I do think it's going to work. However, you know, if I were advising a luxury company, I would say keep it tight, you know, a few items and that's it, make them rare. So one Mm -hmm. season only. So you have that you know, aggressive uh, resale market and that excitement. Um, but I wouldn't go broad with this at all. Um, because you know, also millennials don't have a ton of money. So I think there's only so much they can buy.
0: I think that's very well said. Before we get to our takeaways, I do want to talk a little bit about Acre Trader. I mean, everyone's watching the stock market. It has been oh, Trey, you have disappeared again. So if you can hear me. Go back out and come back in. We're having a very quirky day with our software today. Not sure what's going on. It's usually pretty reliable, but we're going to talk, while Trey's coming back, we're going to talk about Acre AcreTrader. Um, as I mentioned, the stock market has been at very lofty levels, and so a lot of people are thinking, maybe this is the time I want to at least consider diversifying my portfolio, and Acre Trader helps you do that by adding actual farmland to your portfolio. And we've talked to the, both Joe and I have met with the Acre Trader people. And the good news, especially for me, a East Coast city person, um, the good news is that I don't actually have to do the work of running a farm. I can just um, learn to invest. Um, oh, here we go. Trey's back. We do take this <laughs> live. So All crazy. right. I'm just finishing up talking about Acre Trader. Right. So basically, here's how it works. You get to be the landlord. You're the one who's the owner of the field. So you don't have to worry about watching the farm weather forecast and all the things. You're just buying a portion of the farm. And if you go look at Acre Trader's website, they have a great video explainer on how it works. But a lot of the farms are in things like soy and corn and so on. So farms are expensive, but Acre Trader basically divides the field into smaller pieces so it can make it a lot more affordable that said, you do have to be something called an accredited investor. So you guys can look that up. Um, Trey, you've disappeared again. But the thing about farming is that it's kind of boring, which is a good thing in this case. It's the opposite of what the stock market is right now. And it's right now, it's exciting in a good way. We don't know what the future will hold. So it's, nice, it's a nice place to consider por- putting a portion of your portfolio if you decide that that is right for you. And again, you do have to be what is called an accredited investor. So... Go to go to learn more um, by going to, sorry, go learn more and make the right decision for you. Go to acertrader.com forward slash MWF for more. And please, by using our link, they will send us a little thank you. So thank you for supporting the show and for learning more about possible opportunities if in fact they are right for you. Okay, we really do. I think have Trey back. Hopefully you'll stay for the rest of the show. (laughs) This has never happened before. This is, we're going to talk in a minute. We're going to do our takeaways. Then we're going to talk about the fact that this is Trey's last taping, at least as a regular co-host of Money with Friends. Um, What is your takeaway, my friend?
1: My takeaway is that I like the real estate aspect of this um, simply because with online shopping, taking such a huge bite out of brick and mortar, Retailers need to be creative. So in this case, opening stores where they have, as we were talking about, a captive audience um, could work in their favor. However, um, as we discussed in in, uh, our podcast from yesterday about FOMO, don't buy these brands because the people you know or the people you see on social media are wearing them. Buy them because they suit you and don't buy what you can't afford.
0: So well said. I love that. I I I wish I could just. Well, I can't. I'm going to say ditto to that. Number one, Um, because and it goes to the show that we did yesterday with FOMO. Um, Really do what's right for you. Don't get caught up in it. And you know what? If you're into luxury brands, you can um, just wait till you can afford it till you're older or you're earning more money. Or there's rental services if that's the kind of thing that's important to you. Where if you want to have a handbag for a special occasion, you don't have to buy it outright. And also. As Trey mentioned, a lot of these things are sold on other sites like eBay, and yes, some of them increase in value, but some of them don't. So you can often get a really good deal on a luxury item by going to a website that sells things secondhand. My official takeaway, in addition to co-opting trays, of course, is that I wanted to point out that this piece was actually in the real estate section. So it's a real estate story as much as a retail story. The IRL shopping is moving to transportation hubs because that is where the retailers believe the next generation of consumers is going. Luxury retailers are working to create a relevance. We will see if it takes off as much as the planes just outside the windows. I know that was a bad joke, Trey, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, this is your last show. I want to give you the give you the, the virtual floor for your sort of final words. Oh my goodness. So, oh my
1: goodness. Well, I, it's been a joy. Um, obviously I love any excuse to hang out with you, but then to talk about personal finance and shopping and saving at the same time, you know, like I couldn't do better than that. So thank you again for having me and thank you to your audience for being so engaged and, you know, our, the live audience on Facebook and also people responding to the Instagram polls. It's just great. Um, it's really nice to, Um, see what everybody's thinking and what their feedback is. And then of course, discuss these things with you. Um, So if anyone is interested in um, learning more about shopping and saving and all that good stuff, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just sharing information. Um, You could find me at truetray.com and then truetray on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I am consistently putting out timely information on how to save money on your day-to-day purchases and also save money long-term for for college, for rainy day, whatever. Um, And just talking about little discoveries I I find along the way. So um, thank you again. It's been really, really fun. It's
0: been wonderful too. And not only are you not asking people to spend money, you are saving people so much money. I personally have saved so much money following Trey's advice. So absolutely sign up for all the things that she just mentioned. And I also want to thank you, Trey. A lot of our audience may not realize how much work you and the other co-host thought leaders put into this. You are actively involved in all editorial aspects of the show. You are looking for stories. You are discussing what angles we should discuss. You are helping us come up with the social media content that we post. You're sharing it on all of your websites. It's a big commitment, and you are so much ingrained in the show. So we thank you for all that you do and all the other co-hosts do, and it's just been an amazing experience. I'm so glad we were able to get you. Um, you you work you all of you guys are what we call a big get. So having the famous shopping expert Trey Bodge here has been an honor. I'm going to get all emotional. So I'm going to try to wrap it up before we do that before <laughs> I lose it completely. But everybody learn more about Trey and our other co-hosts and season 3 coming soon by going to our Dang. website moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can see the bios of all of our um, co-hosts including Trey and If you didn't catch where to find her, well, first of all, you can just rewind. Let's not forget that. Um, But you can also get all that information on our Money with Friends podcast page. And by the way, we will keep those as updated as possible going forward. So that's always if, for example, there's something new that a co-host is doing, we will try to have the proper link so you can always be in touch with the Money with Friends family. And also, as I always say, be in touch on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle there is at Money with Friends. I'm sorry, at Money Friends Pod. And... um. Stay close to the Instagram stories to be part of our um, quizzes and polls and get a shout out on the air as so many of our friends did. Thank you, Trey, for all you do. Thank you. And on behalf of Trey, I'm Bobby. Have a great day, everyone. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com.